Praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall be glad, and we shall rejoice in it. It is a joy to see each one of us here. Let's appreciate the Lord for giving us an opportunity to be part of what he is doing. As uh, the Reverend introduced me, my name is Douglas Martin uh, Semaganda. I want to give thanks to God uh, who called me, first of all, to himself. I received the Lord Jesus Christ on the 10th, 20th of August, 2011, when I was uh, a young student at Shambogo University, and I continued to grow uh, in my faith, even as I continue to study. And later on, I want to give thanks to God that uh, he added me a wife. Praise the Lord. Yes, uh, 26th of this month, uh, we are going to celebrate four years of God's faithfulness. Uh, in marriage, I'm married to Rita Semaganda, and uh, we have a lovely daughter called Kwagala Elizabeth Joy, and we are, both of us, uh, I and my wife, we happen to be serving the Life Ministry Uganda. It's a Christian organization that reaches out to God's people. I also want to give thanks to God for the opportunity uh, he gave me, but also the Safe Journey Masses. I bring greetings from the Republic of Ethiopia. I came back yesterday. The Lord gave me an opportunity to be a part of 33 emerging leaders from 20 African continents that are undergoing an executive management and leadership skills training for the next two years. I am persuaded that everything rises and falls on leadership. And I'm glad to be part of that journey. Uh, and I believe all of us will benefit because the Lord is going to use all of us to be a part uh, of the answers that have to be told about the destiny of our nation, Uganda, and Africa, and the world at large. Praise the living God. So please continue praying for me, even as I embark on that journey. But before we dive into the word for today, let us pray. Lord, we want to thank you once again for the opportunity that you've given us to hear from you through this topic. I pray, Lord, that our lives will not remain the same again, even as we sit at your feet this afternoon. We thank you. We magnify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, in case you came with somewhere to write, it may be a digital form or a physical book. I will encourage you to note down a few thoughts. I'm going to share. But mostly, open up your heart because God is going to speak to me, but also is going to speak to you, regardless of the situation you're in or the capacity you are serving in. And I thank uh, Reverend for reading for us the, um, the, the portion of scripture today. I'm not going to read it again because of time, but we shall continue uh, getting back to it. But just to give it a context, the book of Exodus, friends, from chapter 1 to chapter 15, it talks of the story of how God delivers Israel from Egyptian oppression. Okay, that is from chapter 1 to chapter 15. But from chapter 16 to chapter 24, we see that God brings Israel into a covenant relationship with him at Mount Sinai. Okay, and then lastly, from chapter 25 uh, to chapter 40, we see that finally God comes to dwell in the midst of the tabernacle. 
among his people. That's why he's Emmanuel, God with us. Praise the Lord. So that's the background of the book of Exodus, especially where our topic is coming from, God's voice in the wilderness. The focus is Exodus chapter 17 from verse 1 to verse 17. But to come a little bit closer to chapter 17, which is our focus this afternoon, we see that Israelites were in the wilderness. You may be seated here and you're wondering, what is a wilderness? What is it like? And as I continue to reflect, I noticed that a wilderness is a place that lacks clear roads. It's a place where a few people dwell. It is a place where animals, wild animals dwell. Those that are harmonious, but also those that are cantankerous, that can actually eat you. But also it's a place that is uncultivated. It has no water. Sometimes it's extremely hot, but also extremely large. Friends, we are talking of a people that probably were comfortable in Egypt, however much they were in oppression, but they go in a place that is unfamiliar, that is having all these characteristics I have talked about. So Israel was very, very frustrated. So frustrated. And this is the state that we are in, even as I continue to wait on the Lord, what he wants us to speak to us uh, this afternoon, the Lord revealed to me six instances or scenarios, all circumstances, Israel was amidst. And in case you're writing, please feel free. Number one, we see that all people were in unfamiliar land. They had not been here before. They were from Egypt. They were in the wilderness. They had not yet reached their Canaan. But mostly, all of them were in that place. The men, the women, and the children. Praise the Lord. But number two, we see that they were looking to a leader, Moses, who couldn't, in his own capacity, meet their current need. They were asking, Moses, what are you going to do for us? Yet Moses was probably also wondering, what should I do? And friends, sometimes we keep looking to our leaders, but we forget that actually leaders come from among us. Just that they are just given a higher responsibility to be leading from the front. So they were looking, they were a fallen nature, looking to another fallen nature to provide solutions. But number three, we see that they began to tempt the Lord and they began to complain. Praise the Lord. Number four, which is a little bit more threatening, is that their sustainability was under attack because scripture tells us that their animals, their livestock, had no water. For some of us that are engaging in agriculture, you can know that both the, the crops, but also the animals, a little bit depend on the sustainability of rain and also water for survival. And in our context, you may think we are talking of your investment, we are talking of your savings, we are talking of everything that you're doing to ensure that there is bread and water on your table. Praise the living God. We see that the livestock were actually about to die because they had no water. But the other thing is, number five, 
is that they attempted to solve a challenge carnally by attempting to stone Moses. In other words, in our day-to-day understanding, they took matters in their own hands. They wanted to stone Moses, responding, first of all, to a temporary circumstance in a way that they wanted to make a permanent decision to kill Moses, who was their leader. But number six, that is very deepening and saddening at heart, is that they questioned God's sovereignty and availability and dwelling among them. Something that is so intriguing is that they asked, is God among us? Where is he? They complained. The Bible says they tempted the Lord. Praise the living God. But to bring it a little bit closer to me, but also uh, to us, even as we are asking, so what does this scripture, how, how can I apply it? How does it relate to me? It was written thousand of years ago. Is it even still relevant? Friends, I would like to let you know that it's very relevant to me today and to you in our day-to-day living. And even as I continue to seek the Lord, the Lord revealed to me the sixth state of life that Israelites were in can actually be summarized but also equated or brought law to our level as believers, as leaders, as fathers, as mothers, as servants of the Lord in our day-to-day life and they can be summarized and also equated in the following way. Number one, we need to know how do you chart the course of life when you are in unfamiliar territory? Maybe you are just maybe pursuing an education or at your workplace you've just got that responsibility or you've just joined that company or you are entering soon, entering into marriage, you're wondering, where do I begin from? The Lord wants to speak to me. The Lord wants to speak to you. Let's keep indeed attentive. But number two, we want to learn about the role of the transformational leadership amidst the need for change. Friends, I want to let you know that I and you are leaders. And in case even if you're not leading anyone, at least you are leading yourself. At least no one holds your hand to cross the road. At least you can lead yourself. So I want to see what is the role of transformational leadership, especially amidst the need for change. And number three, how do we overcome the spirit of complaining or kwemurugunya? complaining. And number four, the Lord wants to speak to us about how do you hear his voice amidst unstable economic waves. All of us are aware, especially our nation Uganda, what befell us when we got some news that we couldn't stand with a certain moral character, all doing, and even our funding was cut. But it's not only us, even globally. Even major uh, nations, their economy is staggering. What shall the righteous do? Friends, the Lord is here to speak to me, to speak to you. But the fifth thing is, how do I, how do you handle violence? Or how do you, how violence can't, how, how to understand that how violence can't be a solution for the better society we want? You remember, 
the Israelites took matters in their own hands. Mob justice. Number six, we want to learn about how doubting the sovereignty of God can be a setback. Doubting God's sovereignty. Praise the living God. And we want to look at how scripture speaks in each of these situations and how me and you can apply it in our own lives first, at our workplaces where God has assigned us, but also in our families. So let's dig deeper and we'll request you to open the word of the Lord with me even as we continue sitting at his feet. So going back to number one, how do we chart life in unfamiliar territory? Friends, the Lord is speaking to me, the Lord is speaking to you, that do not fear, don't panic. In case you're close to a neighbor, please tell them, don't fear, don't panic. Are you charting an unfamiliar territory? Don't fear, don't panic. Praise the living God. And Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, we see that God tells Joshua and Israel not to fear where he was taking them to the land of Canaan. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 31, you can open with me. Uh, verse 6, the Bible says, So be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, and do not panic before them. I'm reading New Living Translation. So be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, and do not panic before them. Scripture tells us why. It says, for the Lord your God will personally, oh, I love this one. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you or abandon you. Praise the living God. You can tap your heart and say, my heart, don't fear, don't panic. The Lord will personally go with you. Praise the living God. Praise the Lord. Number two, let's continue hearing what God is speaking to us about the role of transformational leadership amidst the need for change. Beginning with me, who may be a follower, maybe in your home or at your workplace, you are following someone or a sect of people. The Lord is speaking to us that as followers, look to me. That says the Lord. Look to me. Do not look fast at your leaders. Look to me as the source of your provision, as the source of your direction, as the source of your destiny. Praise the living God. For, for so long as Ugandans, as Africans, we keep asking this question, what has government done for us? What has the church leadership going to do for us? Or even... Even if you are a wife, I see wives here, you may be wondering, how come my husband is not acting? Friends, I'm here to tell you, God is saying, if you're a follower, look to me. Muntunulire, look to me, not your leaders. Praise the Lord. And scripture affirms that from Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 22. You can open with me there. Isaiah 45, verse 22. The Lord says that let all the world 
Look to me for salvation. For I am God, there is no other. Praise the living God. Praise the Lord. The Lord is speaking that if we need to see deliverance, if we want to see salvation, of course there is the salvation we know of you receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior, but also there is that continuous deliverance and salvation in your day-to-day life where you need God's intervention. The Lord is saying, look to me, my child. Praise the Lord. But going to the leaders, those that are leading from the front, you may be here and you are an executive director, you were a managing director, you were a team leader, you were father, you know, in every capacity, either positional leadership or influential leadership, the Lord is speaking to me, the Lord is speaking to you, that come to me and inquire of me concerning my people's destiny. Listen carefully of what I say and act. Let me come again. This is what the Lord is saying to us as leaders. Come to me, inquire of me concerning my people's destiny. Listen carefully of what I say and act. In this, what the Lord is speaking to us, friends, I see a leader taking initiative to continuously go back to inquire of the Lord. We see, we're going to read it once again uh, in Exodus chapter 17, verse 4 to verse 6. We see that Moses kept going back to the Lord in a desperate mood. Lord, these people want to stone me. They want to kill me. But we see that he inquires of the Lord, what should I do? And even after inquiring, we see Moses, he listens, and when the Lord speaks, we see him acting. Friends, leadership is about acting. It's not about speaking. It is acting. Kukola, siku ogeda bogezi, mkama feba ziwe. So what do we see Moses as a leader do? Number one, under um, the role of transformational leadership amidst the need of ch- for change, we see three things. Number one, that amidst death threats, Moses inquired of God. We've already talked about that. Number two, we see that God gave him a strategic plan or a move on how to handle the matter. Friends, personally, I've been in situations as a father, as a husband, as a leader in my workplace, even as I'm serving the Lord, where I'm stranded. And when I go to the Lord and inquire, he speaks. And when he speaks and I act, the situation changes. But number three, we see that God empowered Moses with three things. Oh, I wish you write these ones. Number one, three things. He gave him some of the leaders, elders. Oh, let's just read it. Exodus chapter 17, so that we get context. Exodus chapter 17, verse 4 to verse 6. The Bible says, Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Walk out in front of the people. Take your staff or take your rod. The one you used when you struck the water of the Nile and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. And number six, I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai, strike the rock, and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told, and water gushed out as the elders looked on. 
So we see three things that God empowered Moses in. Number one, he gave him social capital and capacity. Someone that you, as a leader, you can lean your, your head to. Friends, leadership is a very lonely place. So lonely. But we see that God told him, get some elders that will help you lift the burden. And in case you're a leader and you're here and you feel burdened, you are not alone. You are not alone. The Lord is with you. Praise the Lord. But number two, we see that God gives all, shows Moses the capacity he had and how he can use it. He told him, take this rod, this stuff, a walking stick, take it and utilize it. And I'm here to ask you, what do you have that God can use? You may hear thinking, it is small. No. Friends, a walking stick did wonders in Egypt. It actually separated the waters. And I'm here to tell you, and also as I encourage myself, if Uganda, if Africa we arise to the occasion of the capacity we do have, we are able to even be 5th or 10th world class. Praise the Lord. I have come to understand that as a continent, Africa, as a nation, Uganda, <laughs> as a world, we are rich. It's just that we are just poor at mindset and heart. Praise the Lord. So it's a question to myself and to you, what do you have? But number three, we see God empowering Moses with his presence. You remember the scripture we read? That God will personally go with you. He said, you go, I'll stand with you at the rock of Horeb. God is with me, God is with you. So friends, I would like us to continue, even as we come to close, that we continue looking to God as our sovereign provision and sovereign guide. But let's continue. On number three, on how to overcome the spirit of complaining. Friends, complaining isn't godly, but also it doesn't provide solutions for the day-to-day -day change we need. No. Whether verbal complaint, whether social media complaint, it will not provide the solutions we need for our body of Christ in church, as All Saints Cathedral Kampala, as the Anglican Church, as all the other denominations. It won't change anything at your workplace, as a wife, as a husband, if you keep complaining and complaining about the state or the character of your spouse, it won't change anything. It will actually just agitate them. As a parent, you complaining and over and over either because of your student's performance, all of their character, or whatever, it changes nothing. And the Lord is calling us, friends, and this is what he's speaking. The Lord is saying, learn to give thanks. Learn to give, to give thanks. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, I like this scripture. It says, be thankful in all circumstances. Not some circumstances, but in all 
circumstances. Let's continue. He says, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Let me give us an opportunity for us who have a scripture, that scripture open. Uh, are we all there? Are we all there? Regardless of our versions, one, two, three, go, read your version. Amen. Praise the Lord. We need to learn to give thanks. Friends, as you wait for God to open closed doors, we need to keep dancing in the corridor because he's doing something new. Don't you perceive it? Praise the Lord. Instead of complaining, Lord, that doors are closed, that doors are closed, keep rejoicing, keep dancing, keep giving thanks to him because scriptures told us it's actually God's will. Whenever you give thanks, you are aligned to God's will and plan for your life. Friends, it's time we've complained enough. It is time to give thanks. But number four, how do you hear God's voice in an unstable economic wave? I don't know what's in your bank account. <laughs> I don't know what's on your mobile money. I don't know what's in your reserves. But also, I know that some of us are connected. You know better what is in our national reserves. And recently even read our national budget. It is tough, realistically. But what lenses are you using? Because personally, I'm persuaded that the Bible is not just God's word that is aligning us to probably going to heaven alone. No, it also helps us to chart the course in the day-to-day -day living. And I believe the Bible, the 66 books of the Old and the New Testament, is not just a book, it is a worldview. It's like glasses. If you put, if this is your eyeglasses and you put them on, you ought to see the world how God views it. From this word. And I'm here to challenge you, regardless of the worldview you incline to, I would recommend to you that regardless of the economic waves that you are going through, you look at this worldview alone. Because when you look at statistics, <laughs> you will faint. Praise the Lord. And this is what the Lord is saying from this worldview. The Lord is speaking to me and you that the silver and gold are mine. The silver and gold are whose? They are for God. And we are his children. So we, we come from a rich family. These days we talk of planned kids. Have you heard of that? <laughs> the world stole that from us. We are the planned kids. Because our father owns silver and gold. He owns cattle on a thousand hills. Actually, <laughs> whoever is saying he's the landlord in this nation or in Africa is lying because our father is the overall landlord because he created the heavens and the earth praise the Lord Haggai chapter 2 read with me Haggai chapter 2 verse 8 and verse 9 the Bible says the silver is mine and the gold is mine says the Lord of heaven's armies. So friends, when you look to him and trust him, 
He's able to provide. I've seen the Lord provide for me. Since 2014, I responded to his call to serve him full-time. I'm a teacher by profession, but the Lord called me. My wife is an economist, and we serve in Life Ministry Uganda. And we trust him 100% for provision for ministry, but also for our day-to-day living. And every day, he has provided. He has not failed us. Praise the living God. The other thing, what the Lord is speaking to us, especially about our economy, the Lord is speaking and saying, go and work. I am with you. Work. Go and work. And the question I have for you, yes, you are crying out to him in overnights, in your closet. You're saying, God provide. God may you open up the windows of heaven. The question I have for you is, what are you doing? Where do you work? What do you have in your hands that you can use? You might, maybe you're saying, well, ah, they just consider those probably whom they went to school with. But what, what capacity do you have? Your talents, your giftings that you can use to put bread and water on your table. And to affirm that word, Haggai chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible says, Haggai chapter 2, verse 4, this is the prophet Haggai that was encouraging uh, the people of God then, even as they had just returned from captivity. Verse 4 says, But now the Lord says, Be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land. And now get to work. If I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The Lord is with us, friends. As you open that laptop to type in uh, that mandate, that responsibility, as you, uh, you go downtown to, you know, to, to into business, as you serve the Lord, our leaders, the Lord is with us. Let's keep working. Let's do what is required of us. Praise the living God. Don't feel demoralized as a team leader. Don't feel demoralized as a, as a husband, as a wife. Faithfully keep working. Because scripture says, I shall reward the labors of your hands. Praise the Lord. So what are you doing? But number five, how should we respond to the violence that we see? And we've already learned that it's not a solution. Actually, Psalm 11, Psalm 11, verse 5, the Bible says, the Lord examines both the righteous and the wicked, full stop. He hates those who love violence. The Lord hates. The Bible doesn't say he doesn't like. No, he hates violence. And this is what the Lord is saying. I hate violence. I hate it. In your family, as, as a husband, as a wife, at your workplace, never respond to situations in a violent way. Domestic violence, abuse. It's not a godly pattern. So the Lord is calling us to handle differences as a nation, as a people, to handle differences through peace talks, number one, through forgiveness, through negotiations, through restitution, and harmony. Five things. I'll come again. Peace talks, forgiveness, negotiations, Restitution, 
and harmony. It's the only way where we're going to hear God speak to us in a wilderness experience as a people, but also as a nation, as a continent, Africa. Five things. Guns won't help us. Abuse won't help us. Holding each other by the collar won't help us. Peace talks, forgiveness, negotiations, restitution, and harmony. And friends, this work from the level of leadership of either world or Africa, continental, national, straight to the family. It's time to end the contentions. But let's finish with this, doubting. The Lord is speaking to me and to you from 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. I won't read it because of time. Our time is first spent. 1 Kings chapter 18, just simply note it down. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. We see God's prophet, Elijah, asking a very pertinent question. For how long shall you waver among two opinions? You've doubted for long. If you're a believer... For heaven's sake, believe. And if you want to be an unbeliever, okay, unbelieve with, with faith. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Okay, put in energy. But don't do both. You are either on this side or on the other side. And friends, I'm here to tell you that a season of distinguishing between those who believe and those who don't believe is here. And I want to tell you that there are two scenarios that are going to happen. It's like a jungle. You'll either eat or you'll be eaten. Please choose. Regardless of the situation you are in, believe. Tell your heart, believe. Believe. Believe again. So God is calling us to an arena of spiritual stability. Of doing the simple things of Christianity. Read your Bible every day. Pray. Fellowship. Witness to others about Christ. Live a holy and righteous life. Basic principles of Christianity. Not confusing at all. Praise the living God. So it's a question to me and to you. Where are you at? We need to take off time to believe. We need to take off time to pause. Amidst all the confusion we are going through. Pause. Believe. Listen to what he's saying. Reconsider your ways. But mostly, when you hear his voice, you act. Do. Because the Lord has promised us that he's with us. Let us pray. Lord, we want to thank you for the word that has come forth to us as a cathedral, as the Anglican church, as men and women, as professionals, as students, as leaders in the marketplace, as continental leaders, Lord, we want to thank you. Oh, Lord, we pray that we shall indeed listen to what you're speaking to us. That, Lord, regardless of the wilderness experience we are going through, as we've learned in your word, that, Lord, we shall not be moved in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, that we shall rise to the occasion of what you are doing in our generation, that we shall be a part of the solutions, not part of the problems in our families, at our workplace, and wherever that you've assigned us. We pray, O oh Lord, that this word, O oh Lord, will be king of glory, a hope in us in everything we do, that we shall see you at work. 
in every situation of our lives. Encourage us, for, all, for some of us that are discouraged. Empower us, O oh Lord, for some of us that are not yet fully empowered. And I pray, Lord, that we shall rise and take charge, O oh Lord, of every mandate that you have given unto us. We thank you. We magnify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, and may God bless you.